listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Batman Universe Commentaries, where we are returning to the world of Batman the Brave and the Bold. My name is Donovan, and for this episode, I am joined by... This is Dustin. Hey! And um, for this commentary, we are going to be talking about the Season 1 episode titled Invasion of the Secret Santas. This is quite obviously a Christmas episode. Um, I believe it's... uh, you know, it, it joins the canon of various Christmas episodes that the Batman cartoons have had. And um, before we start talking about the episode while we're watching it, do we want to discuss anything about it before we get into it, Dustin? So this was probably one of the first episodes of Batman Brave and the Bold that I saw that I really enjoyed because it got it got away from, you know, the... Well, I mean, there's still the campiness. There's still some things that are kind of like, oh, okay, it's Batman Brave and the Bold. But for me, there was a, there was a real, like emotional element in this episode that I really enjoyed and you don't see that in a lot of episodes of Batman Brave and the Bold this episode has that it does it well and it's almost because it aired so early in the in you know in the initial series it was kind of making me want more of this like there's other episodes that had happened chill of the night and mm-hmm. and it, there's other episodes that happened but we didn't see it that much most of the episodes of batman brave and the bold were very straightforward here's what's happening and here's the person i'm teaming up with and here's who we're going up against cut and dry but this you know they dive a little bit more into bruce's history within this you know batman brave and the bold universe and things like that and i think it was a it's one of my favorite episodes of this series. Huh. <laughs> does it get you in the Christmas spirit? Is it, that it does. It does. Oh, wow. Um, I have seen this episode before, but I've honestly, I think it was only one time. Long, like Maybe when it first aired. I just happened, and I wasn't really watching the show regularly by that time. I remember... Um, I remember the, the the baby doll bomb. <laughs> and um, I think that was pretty much it. I don't think I've ever seen this episode in full until... Uh, taking the curtain back, you suggested it for a commentary. So um, I have seen it obviously all the way through now. So I don't have too much to say in terms of like preliminaries, but um, you know we can talk about it once we get into it. So without further ado, uh, when I count down from three to one and say the word play, that's when we start the episode. So on a count of three, three, two, one, play. So this is, being in the first season, I suppose they're still setting up the format of, uh, I mean, this was always throughout the series, like, like, the, like the short adventures before the episodes. And I guess they're introducing like the really Silver Age, not really often seen DC characters, like heroes and villains. Because the Sportsmaster goes back to like, I mean, I don't know a lot about him, but I know that he's like, you know, from way back. And I believe this is before he appeared in Young Justice. Yes, it is. And uh, what was really cool is well not i don't necessarily think it was straight cool but there was a <laughs> bunch of villains that they used in these opening teaser episodes where 
or these you know teaser shorts before the credits aired where it was like lesser known villains villains you may not have even heard of villains that you know are extremely campy but they got a chance mm-hmm. you know it's, I'm, I'm thinking about just now it's interesting that like this show started doing that like introducing like plastic man and the sports master and characters like that that were fairly uh obscure i know that brave and the uh brave and Batman, beware the Batman, tried doing that with, like, Professor Pig and Mr. Frog and Anarchy. Uh, and now, obviously, Brave and the Bold has lasted longer than beware the Batman. Do you think that um, there was a difference in how they approached uh, introducing different villains? I think I, I think the problem is that, you know, it just, I guess it just depends on, you know, the creative team behind the show. I mean, if they decided to use a character, like Blue Beetles, perfect example <laughs> of a character who, before this, really didn't have any kind of you know, no, major I don't think it's ever appeared at all, yeah. So, I mean, like, the thing is, like, they decided to use certain characters more than they did with others, and it was them deciding, you know, which characters they did it with. And, you know, with the villains, I mean, Sportsmaster does appear, I think, in a couple more episodes later on down the line. It's not like he's a one-and-done villain. Right. But at the same time, it's it's an interesting way of branching out, like, as, as many problems as I had with this show, one of the things <laughs> I really enjoyed was expanding the universe to a younger audience, like introducing so many other characters that, from the DC universe and showing, you know, it's not just Batman, it's not just Superman, it's not just the main Justice League. Justice League Unlimited did a great job, too, of introducing a bunch of characters, but this mm-hmm. show really focused on the characters and gave the characters, like, more substance you know, even if they were, you know, Silver Age versions, you know, or, you know, t- they tend to be Silver Age versions of the characters. I mean, like, who who knew about Kamandi before this this show showed him? I mean, like, uh, right. people who weren't reading the comics probably had no idea who the guy was. Right, exactly. No, yeah, I, I think that, like, this this show legitimately has Justice League Unlimited beat in terms of uh, a scorecard and introducing obscure characters. Yeah. I mean, there are characters that I never knew existed that were in this show, like Black Orchid. And stuff like that. Like that—that that was. I mean, I, I like to brag about my knowledge, but this show really, uh, really went deep into like the Silver and Bronze Age era. Now, uh, Red Tornado, who's the uh, featured guest character in this episode, uh, Adam Beachin, no. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, I personally am familiar with him through the Young Justice comic book. He was sort of like he basically—he basically played the same role as he did on the on the animated series, kind of like watching over the younger heroes. And um, I, I'm not I'm not going to profess to know much about him, his whole history. And here he's sort of like a robotic, uh, a, a posing as a teacher. Yeah. And from what I remember from the comics, at least the iteration that I read, he was kind of turned into a robot. I mean, do you have any knowledge of the character, or is this like basically what you know about him the, the most? The the stuff that I know about the character, it's very based off of the animated shows i mean like right re- realistically i don't know that much about him i've only read him a couple times here and there in some comics but um i mean the majority of i mean he was in Justice league unlimited he was in young justice and he was here and it's basically like you said you know he's always shown as this character who is always overwatching the the younger group of heroes or the lesser experienced heroes and I think part of it is because he is, you know, an AI, he's a robot and things like that. It makes sense in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because I remember uh, in Just, Just Like Unlimited, he was blown up. And in this episode, he gets messed up too. But you're it kind of hammers home that he really is a robot. Uh, in the Young Justice comic book, 
uh, he had a wife and daughter, which was I don't know what was going on with that. Yeah, like, I can't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. But it's fine. I mean, it's it's interesting. It it provokes interest in the character because he he does go back to like the Bronze Age era. He was in the Justice League, uh, right up front, like during like the seventies and eighties. See, but this is this is part of that emotional element that I was talking about. The fact that he doesn't understand what the Christmas spirit is, and he has to read a book about it to try to figure <laughs> it out. He decorates his house with the hope wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. You know, the, you know, he's just trying to get into that Christmas spirit, but he doesn't understand that it's an emotional thing, and he doesn't get that. Yeah, that's that's really cute, and it's it's quite unfortunate for him that he ends up running into Batman. <laughs> The most, you know, unemotional character in the DC universe in this in this cartoon. That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny because he seems so sad, even though he's not supposed to have any emotions. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. And that was the thing to this show, this show too. This show really did. I mean, it, it, there's extra appeal from us because we're comic book fans, but this really was a kids show. Which there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it could get dark at times, but it really was aimed at a younger audience as opposed to I, I really do think that like the previous DC cartoons were aimed at all ages and kids but they attracted an older audience and I think that like uh, there's pluses and minuses with it aiming at a younger audience and I think that um, I think that this show did pretty well in, in getting kids into these new characters or these uh, classic characters yeah I would agree it's only Batman, but now it's Red Tornado 2. Right. Well, that's also a thing, too. I mean, I guess that, like, this isn't in Gotham. This isn't wherever. Yeah, it's just some town. It looks like a small town, too, because of how, you know, the right. you know the city, how it looks. So, Batman's all over the place in this show. He's not just in Gotham, that's for sure. Yeah, I like that, because I, I, um, I, I remember when... when uh, Chris Johnson and I talked about the Batman episode. Like randomly, he was fighting Gorilla Grodd. I thought that's kind of strange. Why is? I remember this. Like the first season, Batman had narration. What was your opinion on that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it was necessary for the type of show that this was. But okay, you know that. that I guess that's just. I, I, the thing is, like, it just felt like. It, <laughs> For the type of show that it is, it really doesn't seem like it needed it, but that's me. Right, I understand. Like, like narration, kind of like you know, it gives the idea that's a lot more introspective, and I think they were kind of going for like a just a comic book feel. I think more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I kind of liked it for what it was. Um, I know that, like, I remember in year one, it didn't really work. It was a bit too intrusive, but. um from what I and I've I've seen very few of the first season of Brave and the Bull, but I remember seeing it, it, I thought it was interesting. I'm a bit of two minds as to this, like you know, transforming cape that he has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's very very kid friendly. That's very very like you know, made for the toys. But um, I'm always like, how does that even work? The best part is that he has jets coming out of his utility belt, that's right funny. alongside his arm, his legs. Well, that's the thing too. Even even if I don't know if I like it like it's it is so like you know he's a superhero why not he's Batman he yeah, can do whatever so. exactly <laughs> I kind of like how Red Tornado uses his powers here like making these uh, tornado cannons were there any characters in this show that like when they introduced they, they made you a bit more interested or, or like the characters more that were uh, that you had not known about before 
Well, I wouldn't say that I liked it more, but Aquaman, they, they focused <laughs> on Aquaman a lot on this show, and they really made Aquaman, like, they, they embraced the idea that Aquaman is, you know, kind of over the top, not necessarily, you know, he's he's this guy who basically talks to animals and, or, well, you know, fish. water animals and fish and stuff, and he basically, you know, has no problem dealing with that. But, like, they did a good job of, like, you know, even though it was over the top and in some ways completely unnecessary, they made people like the character more. <laughs> and that's part's been made fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the over the top delayed reaction of, hey, I let me bomb. It's funny because I don't know who would have not realized it was a bomb right away. It's funny how he had to say it, but then the best part is he just holds on to the, the bomb for an entire six seconds before coming to the conclusion to throw it up in the air. Exactly. Hey, it's fireworks. We should also mention that like that's a baby doll from the anime series. Didn't design. I, like, I do like... What I like about this show is that like even though the show is kind of played a bit more comedic, I think that the characterization of Batman is actually really solid because he's very he is a straight man and he's always like trying to, you know, his his devotion to fighting crime is taken to a, a, a comedic extreme, but it's very, very honest of the character. It's it's, it's kinda of like the sixties show because the sixties show is goofy and campy. But Batman himself does Batman takes himself very seriously and I think that's pretty uh, accurate. Yeah. But this is this is one of those times where it's like just looking into the past of, of this Batman. Essentially, he's already a detective at this point of his age. Maybe maybe David Mazzaos from Gotham can take a cue from this kid. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a very mixed mind as to this incorporation of the origin story in Christmas time. We'll probably talk about it as as we get further into the episode. Because it kind of curses the holiday for Batman each and every year. <coughs> wah, wah, wah. I, do, I do like when Batman makes a joke. This kind of reminds me of, uh, like, the theme of it kind of reminds me of, um, Comfort and Joy from Justice League. Yeah. Where Martian Manhunter was trying to kind of get used to the idea of a Christmas spirit. <laughs> so clearly this ripped it off. It's, it's cool that the the entire... It, it's kind of cool how they basically, like, the town just embraces the idea that this happened and start using, you know, utilizing all the destruction to basically still bring the holiday you know keep everything decorated they use the ufos as decorations and they don't care that the tree is half blown up i actually didn't know that but yeah this kind of reminds there's a uh doctor who episode david Tennant's first episode the 10th doctor it was on christmas and like for some reason like i think at one point robotic evil santas were trying to kill everybody <laughs> which is a very bizarre idea There was also, um, in terms of Batman Christmas stories in the Bronze Age, I believe this is collected. I know that there's a DC Comics Christmas collection that has all the. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me laugh. Children were watching. 
I know. That's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> it's like the Terminator. I look and I like, like Metallo with a beard. I like a Funhouse's comments later on. He just like just straight up murders the. Yeah, exactly. That was fun. Now this character Funhouse, which is apparently spelled F-U-N-H-A-U-S-E, yeah. which is odd. Um, I, you would think that like this for this kind of character, he would just be straight up be called Toy Man, because it, it, to me it reminds me of the Super Friends version of the Toy Man. But uh, I, I know, apparently there were some rights issues with some of these characters at the time. I'm wondering if uh, Toy Man, who is a Superman villain, maybe maybe that's the reason why he's different. I said I just like to laugh. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because the the character Funhouse was it was a character that they originally created specifically for the show. Right. Didn't exist before, but I yeah, I, it, Toy Man would have made the most sense. I mean, especially since his look is so similar to Toy Man. It really is. I I, I have to wonder if it's, it's a right issue because they created for a few episodes in this first season. They did use DC Comics villains, but they did create some like um, Babyface, which I really like. That's actually a, a character you think would be in the comics. But I'm wondering, do you remember any, any other characters that you think they created, or maybe a lot of them? Are... <laughs> it's good stuff. It's funny how they're pointing at Batman and screaming, and then he's like, "Oh wait, they're not screaming at me." The delay reactions in this in this show are, are classic. I just really like. I don't know if I've ever talked about like the, the design of Batman because he has the uh, Adam West eyebrows, and his eyes are drawn in a way where like they're kind of coming up as opposed to downward, like in the, the kind of Silver Age Dick Sprang way. So he's not immediately seen as threatening. And he, of course, he has like the yellow oval in the, in the capsule belt, which is very very classic. This is... <laughs> this is really reminding me of Comfort and Joy, like it's hitting a lot of those beats. And here we're, uh, we're uh, revealed that uh, Bruce Wayne was a spoiled kid. Yep. He was a kid. It's kind of actually hard for me to watch because I don't like seeing kids <laughs> mess with their parents when their parents are trying to be nice. Yeah, especially like, you know, that traditional type thing. Exactly. And it's, it's, I like it because it is usually showing that the, the, the Waynes are very beneficial and, you know, there t- sometimes Thomas Wayne is shown to be a bit abusive <laughs> in, in really old comics, so I like the, like, the idea that like they kind of just roll with the punches. It also kind of reminds me of, um, did you ever read, uh, there was this one story, I think it was Detective Comics 500, where the Phantom Stranger sends Batman and Robin back in time to prevent another reality's Bruce Wayne's parents from getting killed. And they show that that Bruce Wayne was spoiled. And Dick says, you know, maybe we should let his parents die so he'll kind of grow out of this. Um, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Alan Brennan wrote it. Yeah, I remember that story. He ends up being Batman anyway. Kind of holds that that's kind of similar to the episode of Batman Brave and the Bold where Phantom Stranger comes back and Oh yeah. 
And if I remember correctly, Adam West was Thomas Wayne in that. If I remember, he voiced Thomas Wayne. That's right, yeah. And Julie Newmar was Martha Wayne. Yeah. So what do you think about this incorporation of the origin, at least in this episode, that um, actually <laughs> his parents died on Christmas Day? At least that's the implication. What do you think about that? You know, I don't know. It, there's a lot of stories where it makes it seem like it takes place in the, in the wintertime. Um, but, I mean, in some ways, this is like a really, really bad way of doing it. Like, I was horrible <laughs> to my parents. I destroyed their Christmas present to me. And then guess what? <laughs> that is That is harrowing. I think it's over the top, to be honest. I don't think you need to make... Because Batman has a very, very solid, stark, horrible origin story. I don't think you need to rub it in by saying it was on Christmas Day, personally. And I don't remember them referencing this uh, in Chill of the Night when they go go back to the origin. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I think that, like, it's an idea to have, but I'm not sure if it's an idea to make set in stone. I mean, I, I don't hate it, but I, I don't prefer it, personally. You know, the thing is, it's not so much that... Like I have a problem with it. I think the thing is, they were tr- because it was you know. F- the thing is, I think the the biggest thing is, I feel like the reason why they did it was because they were trying to incorporate the origin story without it being the you know the the big thing in the episode. And basically, the way to do that is to involve the emotional aspect of Batman and show why he has such a lack of emotion during the city and, and mirroring it towards what red tornadoes feel how he doesn't feel like you know he doesn't feel the christmas spirit because he can't feel emotions in general mm-hmm. so that's what they were trying to do it was like a mirror effect okay i guess i guess creatively that makes sense yeah i thought all these guys are just huge and muscular <laughs> and this kind of reminds me of um what's the movie small soldiers yep Although I don't understand how they all become one ginormous one. Um. Well, it's perfectly scientifically sound if you follow that. I, I don't know either. <laughs> and he's—he he's, looks like he's on a big megazord. Yeah, he's using Power Ranger technology. Kind <laughs> of a disturbing face right there. He reminds me of um. I don't know if you ever watched the Powerpuff Girls. We kind of reminds me of that their one villain, him, the red like drag queen looking character. This is another thing. I mean, these, the plotting that woman screams in every act. Uh, the plotting episodes are usually so simple. They're very never. They're, I don't think they're ever mysteries. They're very you know bad guys creating havoc for the lulls and uh, the heroes got to stop them. Yep. But in the way they do it is it's pretty like you know just fun to watch and dynamic. Of course, it does beg the question: if Batman didn't have these other heroes to help him out, how would he solve these <laughs> crimes? Maybe he have some sort of like bat vacuum cleaner or something? I don't know. It's amazing how they all disappear except for the guy inside the suit. Yeah, he's alive. Thank God. He was flying. <laughs> how does he survive this? I don't know, he, he went. He went miles and miles and miles away. I got the Christmas spirit. 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, there it is. Boom. He's dead. Well, he doesn't die because he's a robot, but, like, that's really, uh, fun humor. What do you think of, uh, Dieter Bader's voice as Batman? Because I actually really like it. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it works for the show. It would not work on right. some other shows, but I think that for this one, it works fine. Right, yeah, I, th I think that, like, there's a, there's a tinge of a bit too much... I don't know what it is. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I like it. I think it's a solid voice for Batman. It's not my favorite, but I do think it works perfectly for the show. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I would not listen to it if I was reading a comic book. <laughs> this is Alfred reminding Bruce what a horrible child he was as a kid. <laughs> Remember this? That's nice. Yep, crime doesn't take a holiday. Just remember that, everybody. Yeah, dude, they, they keep they they keep Batman human, but he's still Batman, which I which I like. I mean, he that that to me feels in character. I probably shouldn't whine about that on a children's cartoon. <laughs> um, so as we're ending this episode, uh, I know as I remember when this episode was was still airing, uh, I think that you were uh, when I was this when I was listening to the comic cast before I was uh, a member of TBU. You were very like hot and cold on the series, like so. A few years after it's ended, now what is your what are your ending? What thoughts do you take away with when you think of Brave and the Bold? Honestly, the the biggest thing that I always that that I took away from it is that it does, like I said earlier, it does a great job of introducing a ton of characters to a younger audience. So, you know, the fact that they had uh, a toy line that that uh, was showcasing all kinds of characters and villains that you would have never seen in the mainstream, you know, Just League toys or Batman toys. You, I mean, it's not every day that you're going to see a Sportsmaster figure. I mean, we did end up seeing another <laughs> one with uh, Young Justice. But right. the thing is, um, they did a really good job with it. And I think it was, in in a lot of ways, it, it, it shows kids that, hey, just because you're a huge fan of Batman or Superman doesn't mean that there's not other things. Or... Maybe you're not a big fan of Batman or Superman, but guess what? There's a gazillion more, you know, characters out there that you can really enjoy. So that's the biggest takeaway for me. I mean, like, yeah, there was there was some goofy stuff, very Silver Age-ish, uh, you know, as far as some of the stories and the characters and things like that. But like, you can all, you, if you you can look aside, you can look past all that with a lot of, you know, there was a good chunk of really good episodes that they had for this series and I think that you know introducing children to an entirely new character every single week is a really cool way to expand the DC universe and to really get kids to you know like more than just the main Justice League characters I would absolutely agree it's 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 a it's a it's a very very smart way to make money <laughs> it's a very very smart way to like introduce kids to new characters you know i mean potentially i mean i'm not sure how this was ever successful in this way but even maybe start reading the comic books like you know because you have all these other characters who have their own stories and histories now granted like this this harkens back to a, a, an age before you and i were even born but um you know these some, some of these characters are still around some of these some of these iterations make characters popular um it, 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 I, I just really enjoy the show on, on a multitude of levels. I know that like uh, the corniness, the intended corniness, uh, is a hit or miss with some people. But I think that like it's 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 a great all Asia show that really uh, appeals to people on a variety of senses. And um, it was really 
non-successful in how they chose to go about the way they presented Batman and the DC universe towards a new audience. I think that like um, I think Young Justice did that very well. I think that Justice League, Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited did that very well. But um, I think this show was sort of like primed to really, really get viewers to know the characters. I think rather than just kind of like reference them offhandedly. I think that, as the other shoot shows may have been guilty of doing, I think this show really said, hey, kids, here's this guy, and, you know, he's feeling this way about this holiday, Christmas. So <laughs> so I, I really I really enjoy it. Yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, this is Donovan. This is Dustin. And you've been watching, uh, you've been listening to the Batman Universe commentaries. We're watching Batman Brave and the Bull. We'll see you guys on the next commentary. Happy holidays. They'll have you put back together in no time, Tornado. Observation. It was an amazing feeling, Batman. Merry Christmas. Christmas to you too, Alfred. But crime doesn't take a holiday, and neither do I.